0: How many kids is the perfect, ideal amount? What is the best family size? Is it wise to have a big family? These are some of the questions we'll explore today, as well as telling our own story on how we decided to have five kids and what led up to that big decision. We also are gonna share an announcement, so stay tuned for that, and we hope you know how grateful we are for your listenership and for being here as part of our Mint Arrow Messages family. starting this episode off with a little bit of an announcement that I wasn't planning on making because I had this whole plan of recording. I had several episodes sketched out that we were going to record. I had multiple interviews that I was trying to just batch back to back during Christmas break and none of it has gone according to plan because I've been experiencing what's called drama labor, which is like a they're painful, consistent contractions, but they aren't productive because I'm not dilating. Anyway, so because of all of that and because of multiple trips to labor and delivery in the last week, we have not been able to pre-record anything and it's looking like I'll have this baby any day now. So we are going to take a little bit of a break on the podcast for a few weeks until I feel ready to come back and record new episodes. So when you see that we don't have new episodes for a few weeks, that's why. But we will be back. It's not a forever break. It's just a few-week break, hopefully. So wanted to start out and just let everyone know that. But now we're going to, instead of just leaving you with like a two-minute announcement and nothing else, I was really trying to be prayerful about what we could talk about that would be helpful. And the topic that just keeps coming to my mind is, having kids and families and bringing children into the world and so i thought i'd kick off this episode with kind of a funny little thing that neil and i always laugh about and that's when we watch it's a wonderful life which we love to do every christmas and we always laugh at the part where george bailey is just like having an existential crisis and a meltdown and he's getting mad at his kid for playing the piano and he hates the little thing. What's the thing called at the bottom of the stairs?
1: It's just a little knob on top of the railing. It's and, like a railing. Yeah. And
0: every time he walks thing. by it, he picks it up cause it's not. Cause attached. it's broken. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's when one of his kids is playing the piano and he just says, why do we have to have all these kids? It's like the best line of the whole movie. Cause it's just funny. Sometimes it feels like that. Like, Oh my gosh, the chaos is so intense. And we have four kids about to have our fifth. So there's a lot of that in our house. And we, we've had, we will have had three and four years when this baby comes. So we'll have three under four or four and under. So, it, which is crazy because if we roll back the clock and we think about when we started having babies, first of all, you were very hesitant to start having kids in general, right?
1: I was, Describe
0: your feelings. It was,
1: I was scared. Getting I, pregnant the first time. Well, I think it was just the responsibility component of it. I'm like, as a man, I was worried like, like, all right, financially, are we prepared for that? Am I prepared for that? Like, what is it going to look like? That's just a huge responsibility, huge life change that changes everything right. really is the way that I saw it, which it does. But what I grossly underestimated was just how absolutely amazing and incredible and awesome it is. I didn't have younger siblings. I'm I'm the youngest. So I didn't grow up around a lot of kids. Um, Even my brothers, a lot of, you know, a few of them didn't get married or until a lot later, or there just weren't a lot of like little kids in my family. So I didn't know how to interact with little kids.
0: You also didn't know how to change a diaper.
1: Didn't know how to change a diaper. <laughs> uh,
0: and I had a C-section with Annie because she was breech, and have had C-sections with all the rest. But I still have this picture of Neil changing his first diaper in the hospital, and he gloved up.
1: I had gloves put on. Gloves. I was used. I was in medical <laughs> cells, and so like I just that's what you do. You go in, you put on the you know you Avagard in, Avagard out with the hand sanitizer, and then anytime you're doing anything like with a patient or any interaction whatsoever, like. You have gloves on. (laughs) So I was like, oh, you're in a hospital setting. There's a patient. I'm going to put gloves on. Like, changing a diaper. Like, they're here. They're on the wall. So, yeah, I had gloves on on my first diaper change. Now it's like, lay them on the floor. Yeah. Toys all around. Quick, like I'm calf roping some (laughs) animal. Just change a diaper real fast and in and out.
0: Oh, So... That was really a miraculous feeling to just for both of us, I think, to really just feel, oh, my gosh, this is the miracle of birth and of bringing a new baby and life into your family, and it just changes everything, and the love you feel for them. So we experienced that with Annie, and then when she was 18 months old, had this really strong revelation or prompting to move to Southern California. So we moved our family here, went through a lot of changes there, and then once we had been here for... I don't know, a few months, it really was you that talked me into Lila, like getting pregnant for the second time because I was so nervous and Annie was a tricky toddler. She was tough. She was like a dream baby and then a challenging toddler. So trying to picture myself doing that times two was terrifying for me. But you were kind of like, well, you always said you wanted our kids close together Part of that is because my sister and I are so close now, such good friends, but growing up, I felt like we didn't have a lot in common because there were six years between us. So I always wanted for our kids to be able to be a little closer together and have, have a buddy that they were a little bit in the same phase of life as I remember just being like, okay, I guess we'll do this and got pregnant within a few months with Lila. That was tough, I'm not gonna lie. I think our most challenging transition, for me at least, was from one to two babies. And I think that was, there there was a lot going on in our family and in our personal lives, and they were really close together. They were like two years apart. For me, it was like having two babies at once. Annie was still in diapers, Lila obviously was a newborn, lots of needs. And I was also working full time, and we were trying to figure out how to get by with life because that was after you had been laid off. And so lots of chaos in our business life and in our our day to-day life. And so that transition was really tough for me. But then a couple years later, when we decided to have Millie, I think we we gave ourselves like an over three year gap. And I was so excited and so ready to have a baby again and to be able to really like fully enjoy that. And when we decided to get pregnant with Millie, we were like, this is going to be it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) We were like, we're going to have three and three. We kept joking with our good friends, like three is the new four. We kept saying that and they were at the point where they were going to have three kids and we were about to have three kids and we were like, this is going to be perfect. Like we planned it all out. Three feels great. And at the time, the prophet or president of our church was Thomas S. Monson. And I was like, he had three, we're going to have three. This is going to be it for us. (laughs) And that was in my mind. It was going to be this like perfect family. So we got pregnant with Millie. I think it took about six months to get pregnant with Millie. And then we had her in the hospital and I just was like, this is so perfect. And she was this super cute little baby. And we were like, three is going to be awesome for our family. But I don't think I even told you this, but I remember the day that she was born, holding her in the hospital and looking down at her and having this like really strong prompting of this is not your last baby.
1: (laughs) Joke's on you. Two more.
0: I don't think I told you that, but I remember specifically having that feeling. But even at that, we were still just like, yeah, three is great and Millie's such a great baby of the family and I think we're good and I think we're done. And then after Dave died, I remember it was in the temple that we I started getting promptings of like, there's one more for our family. And it was a really interesting prompting where I would feel like I would sit in the celestial room after doing a temple session. That's something that we do in our temple that you can go to this like kind of really peaceful, special place at the end of your temple worship service and just sit in. That's where I try to communicate with God or just listen and hear whatever he has for me. And I kept getting this impression of this little baby, like bouncing around in heaven going like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to go down now. Put me in coach. Like it was a basketball game where there was just like a super anxious player that was like, I want to turn. I want to go in. It's my turn. And I shared that with you. And what were your feelings when I told you that?
1: It was like, I thought we were, thought we were done. <laughs> no, I was, I was open to it. I mean, I think that I Felt like just from what I'd heard from you, it was like, Hey, I'm done. Like, this is it. I really did think, I'm like, Oh, Millie's such a great little baby, she's yeah. such a good, like, little caboose. And then having that feeling, I and I trust when you have those revelations, like, All right, I believe you.
0: Did you have that as I swear I remember you telling me that that's something that like you felt as well?
1: I think it took it, it took a minute, but I mean, I think it. Eventually, I eventually got got it. Was on board. <laughs> well, good so, thing
0: now because he's here. Yeah. Um, so we ended up having Harry during 2020, and that was a challenging. Like, how ha- the pregnancy wasn't as challenging as this one has been, but the postpartum was so tough. It was a year of me being really probably. F- more fair like the first six months was just really really extremely challenging for me with postpartum depression but but at the same time like we i just look at harry and i'm like he was so meant for our family and you always say he balances out the force
1: there's too many girls in our family <laughs> i get a our dog is a girl we got three girls mama and there was just me i mean i'm a like i feel like i can bring some some manliness but That just was a lot of bedazzled princesses. (laughs) And so having all of a sudden having this boy, this kind of like I think grounding force of masculinity just helped balance things out a little bit. But
0: we were very much like this is it. Four kids is it. We're done. There's no way we're going to have another baby. We were actually even ready to sign. I I had signed the papers to do a tube removal because that's, pretty easy to do if you're already in there for a section and and then we ended up talking to our bishop who's our like that's our ecclesiastical leader in our church and we were like oh he's just gonna tell us to do whatever he wants do whatever we want like whatever you think and then we were super surprised when he was like I actually would counsel you guys not to do that and Well, calling him, calling him was the, at the time, what our like church handbook said to do, but then his counsel, I think could have been different for any couple or whatever. But for us, like, that's what he told us was like, I would counsel you not to do that. And we were super surprised. So, and we had another close friend kind of tell us the same thing. Like, you know, I, I really would maybe rethink that decision and, So we kind of decided, okay, like, I I don't think we're going to have another one, but I guess we don't have to make it permanent. So that's fine. And so I went in and told my doctor at my next appointment, I actually changed my mind. And she was like, I knew you were going to change your mind. And I was like, really? Because I was so set on this. She was like, yeah, I had a feeling you were going to change your mind. And I couldn't believe that she was saying that to me. But even after deciding not to make like whatever, make that decision permanent, of not being able to have more babies, um, I still was like, this is still our last, right? Like for sure we're done to the point where we gave away baby gear. I gave all every bit of my maternity clothes to my sister. I said, here, if you have another one, take all my, well, and in fact, she was pregnant at the time. So I was like, here, take all my stuff, whatever you want to keep, keep it, whatever you don't donate it. But here you go. I'm never going to wear this stuff again. I am never going through that again we were just like, okay, this is our happy little family. Harry completed it. We have three girls and a boy. This is perfect. End of story. And then about a year after we had Harry, I started to get these like sick feelings where, and I would envision when people would tell these stories of like, oh, we knew there was one more, or we knew someone was missing, I don't know why, but I always like pictured this like leave it to beaver family where there was like they'd sit at the table and there was like one empty chair and they were like, oh, that chair, we just knew it was for Johnny or something. And that's not what happened to me. I would be like making dinner or we would be out in public somewhere and I would just get this sudden sick feeling like someone's in trouble or you haven't accounted for all of your kids. Like you're missing someone in like a, somebody's going to get hit by a car or someone's drowning or something. And then I would look at our kids and be like, no, one, two, three, four, they're all here. And it kept happening to me over and over where I would get this just like sick pit in my stomach of like, someone's missing, someone's in trouble. And then I'd count the kids, they'd all be there. So I finally told Neil and Neil, what was your reaction at first?
1: (laughs) I don't know how to explain my reaction. I just was like, I'm...
0: You were like, oh, that's That's weird. a lot.
1: That's, that's <laughs> odd. I, I would sit back and look at our kids eating breakfast. And there's four of them. And I'm like, man, four kids. That's a lot. This is a party. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, well, this and when is a I lot. told
0: you about having those feelings, I was like, don't mistake in this for me, like being baby hungry or trying to talk you into anything. I'm just letting you know that I'm having these feelings. But I, and I feel like I should say something, but it's not because I'm trying to talk you into another baby. Like, I'm good. And you know me well enough to know when I mean something. Like I won't sugarcoat anything or tell you what yeah. I don't mean. Like I don't say what I don't mean. So I think we were still kind of on the same page, but I was just like, yeah, it's weird. This is happening to me. And then about a month later, you came to me and what did you say?
1: So I had the same impression of like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's one, like somebody's missing from our family. Like where did you, where's our other, where's our other child you almost you feel know.
0: irresponsible like you am like oh my gosh someone's not
1: with us right now like yeah. where'd he go you yeah. know or where'd they go so yeah i started having those those experiences
0: yeah and then we were like well we better pray about this and go to the temple and see if we can get some clarity and we did we specifically went one time and we were like let's let's pray and see if we can if this is just like in our heads or if this is a real thing And the impression that I got that day was the most specific revelation I've ever gotten in my life. And I have it written down word for word, but the gist of it, because it's super personal, so I'm not going to share like every line of it, but the gist of it was very much like, this isn't about you. And I have given you so much and I need you to make room for one more. You can make room for one more and like sharing that even like makes me feel so emotional because i remember just kind of feeling like oh my gosh i don't know if we can do one more kid like this has been <laughs> that fourth pregnancy the fourth like postpartum was so heavy and so hard and it feels like this is more than we can handle already so i don't know but really god's revelation to me was like this is not about you and or your body or how much you want another baby or whatever. Like I've given you so much that you can make room for one more. And there were other things too that are like super sacred and personal, but that was the gist of it. And I remember sitting in the temple. I don't know if it was that same time, but there was at least one other time that we went and you came to me and you said, I got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there was another, another time when I had that experience as well, being in the temple and being like, okay, I got it. I think it took a minute to get there. I I always believe in those experiences and know that you're not one to say to claim a spiritual experience where there was none or out of a place of your own wanting. So I knew that it was legitimate. I knew that it was like, okay, I totally know that that's accurate and she's not just making this up. And I also knew that if it was accurate, that I would also get it, which I did. Once we had that information and knowledge, it was like, all right, well... Let's move forward.
0: So the funny thing is after that, you would think that like, okay, once you follow God's plan, he's just going to make it easy, right? And it wasn't at all. We had this whole, you can listen to episodes from like last uh, pretty much exactly a year ago where we explained everything I went through with a miscarriage, but we had a really kind of rocky road with getting pregnant again. And so all those revelations and that those things came before we were pregnant a year ago with the baby that we ended up losing. And that, that was a very difficult experience for me because I started bleeding at the beginning of that pregnancy and was like, Oh, we're maybe this is what a miscarriage looks like. And then we ended up seeing like all the little things you're supposed to see on the ultrasound, like the gestational sac and then the little embryo. And then we ended up seeing a heartbeat even after we were told this is for sure not going to happen. You are going to miscarry. We saw a heartbeat multiple times and I just like was so attached to the, the idea of this miracle baby that was supposed to come into our family. And then we ended up losing that baby and that was devastating. If you've experienced a miscarriage, you know that what that feels like. And, um, I remember I was listening to Morgan Jones podcast all in when she interviewed Artith Cap, and she said the most beautiful thing. And Artith Cap was the general young women's president of our church many, many years ago, and she was never able to have children. So she shared this incredible quote from president Hinckley, who was just, he was a well, he might've been the prophet at the time. If not, he, he was a member of the quorum of the 12, but he later became our prophet and was like the prophet when you and I were growing up. But he shared with her this revelation that she would be able to raise her children in the millennium when Satan would be bound. And I remember hearing that and being like, that was for me to hear. Cause I just felt like, yeah, I am going to have a chance to raise this baby that we were not able to, like I wasn't able to carry and deliver here, but that had a heartbeat and was a real person. And that was, that's just like the, what I felt and ended up going to the temple after I miscarried that baby and had a very, very profound experience feeling that spirit, that little spirit with me saying like, Hey mom, I'm right here. And, and I feel like For me, I feel like there were two babies that we miscarried last year that in the next life or in the millennium or whatever, that we will have legitimately seven kids that we will raise. And that's just my personal belief. I know a lot of people believe differently, but to me, those spirits were very real, those pregnancies that we ended up losing. So So moving on, we lost two pregnancies last year and then we finally got pregnant with this baby. And this baby has been nothing short of like this pregnancy has been like little miracle after little miracle of being able to hold on to this baby, including I thought for sure we were miscarrying again at the beginning of the pregnancy and that ended up being complete placenta previa, which is a life-threatening condition for the mom and for the baby. And I was, I bled for a month on complete placenta previa. And then, and I was told for sure that that condition would not go away with four previous C-sections and it was posterior. And there were all these factors that went against that condition clearing up and yet it cleared up. But then right when it cleared up, I started having preterm labor and was, so I was, I've been on bed rest since July and have fought preterm labor this whole time. And so we've had a lot of like really challenging experiences, bringing this fifth baby into our family. But at the same time, all along the way, I've just felt like God has given me all of these little miracles and tender mercies to say, yeah, this is challenging, but I'm going to hold your hand through it. I'm going to help you. And that's been such a builder of my faith and trust in God. And I think that all challenges that we have in life are like that, where God just gives you an opportunity to build like a stronger relationship with him through your most difficult challenges.
1: It's pretty amazing how God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies those He calls, and I th- I think that that's especially for parenthood is that definitely what I've has been in my experience is that I wasn't ready to be a a dad. <laughs> like we totally planned on it and talked about it and prayed about it in the temple and in all instances, but. But still, like, nothing kind of prepares you for it. But once the baby's there, like, I think you receive blessings and capabilities and you're quickened in a lot of ways to be able to learn and understand, like, and you just kind of fall into that. Well, I think develop is probably more more accurate of a term. You develop those capabilities I I remember the first time taking two kids to Target. And I was like, whoa, this is a big deal. Like, I was all afraid of it. I talked to you about it. I'm like, okay, you're going out of town. I'm gonna have to have both babies. Can I pull it off? And it was this huge moment of like, I took two kids to Target by myself and I made it. And wow, what a moment, you know? And then I think of now, like last week, Taking four kids to Target and having a couple of them run different directions, and I'm got two in the cart that I'm hanging on to, and <laughs> while I'm shopping at the same time, and but I'm like cool as a kitten, like yeah, it's fine, we're gonna be all right. People are probably freaking out around me, like hey, pay attention to your children, but I'm like we're all good, man. I I got this,
0: and that was one of I did some research before sitting down to record this episode one of the quote unquote benefits of having a big family of four or more kids was that parents of four or more kids are less stressed out about their kids because you just have to be. It's just kind of like chaos on top of chaos. And I think that parents with lots of kids, you kind of just learn to be like, yep, this is just business as usual. It's all the chaos and all the crazy kids and you kind of baby proof your house as well as you can and lower your expectations and just let it all come as it comes. And I, I don't want to give anyone the impression that we think like we've got it all figured out. Our, our lives are just as chaotic as you can imagine. But I do think that that's one thing that you learn to trust yourself more that like, Hey, the little things that happen and it's, it's all okay. It's all good. It's just part of having kids and raising a family. But I do think that there's something to be said for the world's perception of what a perfect family looks like versus whatever your family ends up looking like are two extremely different things. And I thought this was really interesting. I pulled up this article from Gallup and they're kind of the standard for polls and for gathering data and information from people And so this is from 2018. It's not like super, super recent, but recent enough that I was like, this is still kind of somewhat relevant. They talk about how like back in the, from like the 1930s to the 1960s, that more than six out of 10 adults thought that having three or more children was ideal. And then like the baby boom was where people had, after the depression, they had even more children and families were a little bit more confident in the economy and that was like the popular thing was to have a bigger family and then starting in like the 70s and 80s it kind of started to go down in popularity and then definitely like the 2007 to 9 recession like shrank the popularity of bigger families or having lots of kids and this is a real thing. Like kids cost money. They're expensive. And, and yet I saw this TikTok the other day that someone had posted and it was like, this is how much it's going to cost you to have a baby in America. And it like racked up all these numbers of this is how much your diapers are going to cost. This is how much all of their extracurriculars going to cost and their clothes and their are this and they're that. And then if you put them through college and it was this just like wild, outrageous number of how much it's going to cost. So can you afford to, do you even want to have kids? And having children and the amount of children you have is a super, super personal decision. And it's going to look different for everybody. There is not one perfect mold of this formula will make you perfectly happy or is right for your family or whatever. But I think that it is kind of sad that I remember when I went to Rwanda back in 2015 that I had just had Lila. So we had two kids and that every Rwandan woman that I met was like, Oh, you have two. And it was explained to me there that in their culture, it's celebrated to have lots of children and to have big families. And that was so foreign to me because I feel like in the United States, it's like, Oh, you have one baby that's just wonderful. And it's this beautiful blessing. And, two, like, oh, okay, that's still normal. And then three is kind of like, oh, wow, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and then anything beyond that is kind of like, wow, that's that's weird. That's a lot. And even the, the difference between four and five, I feel like when I would tell people I was pregnant with my fourth, they would be like, oh, wow, like that's a lot of kids. But when I tell people that I'm pregnant with my fifth, they look at me like I told them that we bought a zoo. <laughs> like, are you serious? Five kids? Like that is crazy. And I understand it. I understand like why that's the reaction. But I think that it has become far too popular to act like it's like crazy and not cool and kind of foolish to have more than maybe one or at the most two babies where and if that's right for you, that's great. And if no kids is your circumstance as well, whether that's what you choose or what you, like artist Cap, like that's the life situation that you have, then obviously there's just such a wide spectrum of what's right for you, what happened to you. Some of the most wonderful people I know do not have children. That's, I'm not saying that I'm sitting here judging anyone. What I am saying is like, I think it's sad that our society in at least our culture in the United States of America has adopted this mentality of like, It's stupid to do anything beyond like one or two kids and that having a large family is so like two generations ago where interestingly, when I have had these discussions with my social media following or with other women, the thing that I hear a lot from families, from moms of bigger families is consistently over and over those moms will say, you'll never regret having another child. Like they bring so much joy into your family and, and I, that's not something I'm saying. That's something that I'm repeating that I've heard over and over from other women. And it's been really interesting to see like the progression of our family and having one kid after another and having something outside of the mold of what you and I had decided, like before we had kids, before we even got married, we were like, we're going to have probably three, four at the most, but probably three. Like that's always what we said. And that's even when we got to three, we were like, I think we're good. But then, you know, it was like God had other plans for us and for our family and for what he expected of us and what he was going to ask of us. And I mean, I don't know yet because we don't have like the full five combo here yet. But I feel like there's got to be blessings on the other side of following what God asks you to do in your heart and what you know he you know, is prompting you to do and what he's expecting of you and, and your personal, like exact circumstance.
1: I was almost going to say when you're talking about reasons to have more kids or whatever, I, <laughs> I immediately thought tax deductions. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> like, we yeah,
1: missed you that, for, are, that. That
0: ship has sailed for 22. Last, I
1: was laughing. No, I just, I'm just kidding. And, but, but no, it is cool. And I, and I think I, I heard a talk by one of our, the leaders in church, Jeffrey R. Holland, one of the 12 apostles, he talked about it, um, having kids or, you know, this idea, he was talking to college students of who are like postponing marriage or postponing major life events because they're like, oh, I want to get my career started or I want to be able to provide better for my family. Like I'm waiting to get married. I'm Perfect waiting time. to have kids. I'm waiting. And he brings up the point. He's like, well, if I was waiting for all these circumstances, like- my wife and I still wouldn't have kids or we right. still wouldn't have married, be married if, if we're waiting till our house is paid off and we've got all this money in the bank or we need whatever the circumstances were. But the, the, one of the things that he, he says that was really powerful that stuck out to me was like, which one of your kids would you give back? Like thinking of it in that terms, like think of your kids, you know, and and think of like, okay, had we made that decision not to have Children, or this child, or whatever, imagine not having that person in your family. Like, what would that be like? And it's like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) none of them. I want all of them. Like, they're all so unique and so amazing in so many different ways. Like, I can't imagine not having one of them. I think on the forefront of it, before they arrive, it can be a little intimidating. But once they're here, you're like, oh my goodness, this is just so cool.
0: And you figure it out. You figure out how to have one kid and two kids. And I want to say this too. There is no such thing as I mean, I shouldn't say no such thing, but I've never met someone who was like, Oh yeah, every kid that I had, it was just easy. I just think that when you have one kid, it's hard and it's a lot of work and figuring out a baby and how to care for them and how to feed them and how to get them on a nap schedule or you're not scheduling or whatever. But like one kid, feels so monumentally overwhelming. And then two kids feels that way. And then three kids. And then maybe as you get, you know, I do think that anything after four is just like chaos on top of chaos. And you get a little bit more confident, like you said, where you were terrified to do two at target. And now you'll go with four and it just feels like whatever. But I think that Wherever you're at too, whether you're afraid of and trying to convince yourself you're ready to have one or your third or your fourth or your second or whatever, I think you have to give yourself a lot of grace to know that whatever is new for you is going to feel intimidating, but you will rise to the occasion and you will figure it out and you will figure out how to feed all those little mouths. And, and it's amazing how, families all over the world, they just figure it out. And I also think too, it's been really cool to see our kids rise to the occasion while I've been on bed rest and learn to do a lot of things and become more capable and be little contributors to our family. And they've learned to cook a lot. They've learned to do more laundry and it has been so awesome to see them become more self-reliant and more productive and more helpful in our family. And I remember seeing once Hannah from Ballerina Farm. I love her Instagram. She one time talked about how if you live on a farm, children are an asset. They are considered just one more set of helping hands and how she puts all of her kids to work and how great that is. So I have seen that too with our family where the more kids we have and the more they get just a little bit older, the more they are learning such great skills like helping each other out and helping us out and being part of a family and learning to sacrifice and work hard and know that everyone has to take turns getting a special time with mom and dad or special attention or I think a lot of those things are so helpful for life in general to set you up to know how to contribute to a better cause or to be a hard worker or to know that everything isn't always about you because that's just how it is in a family. You have to sacrifice and make things about other people sometimes. And so I think that's been really cool to see as well. So last thoughts, I think I would just tell anyone who's listening to this to know that I like to remind myself of this, that it is in God's perfect plan to send a whole bunch of people down to earth and allow them to make their own little people and that we're all imperfect and nobody has it figured out. And that's the way he designed it. So if you're sitting in that intimidation of like, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough. I don't know if I'm capable of this. I don't know if I'll be a good mom or a good dad that it was God's perfect plan for all of us to come down to imperfect parents and we all just kind of figure it out together. I feel like it's been just the absolute ultimate trust fall exercise to trust God when he's told us to have these little babies and to figure out how to make it work. And I really believe that when we put our trust in the Lord, that he magnifies us and allows us to be more than we would all on our own and gives us lots of grace and lots of help that we probably don't even notice or see, but it's there and he's there helping us all the time. So that's, I guess what I want to leave with you. And I wish we had all the content planned out and ready to go that I wanted to and that I had intended to, but that's just kind of how life goes sometimes. So we're going to take a little break, but we'll be back soon, hopefully in a few weeks with good news, with five kids hopefully we'll still be surviving and not drowning at that point thanks for being with us we always just really really appreciate your time and that you would spend it with us and hopefully you've picked something up that's been helpful to you thanks so much for listening to mint arrow messages make sure you follow us on instagram at mint arrow subscribe to our apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast, and you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox, and we'll email you every time there's a new episode.